0: name's Mary Tivy and welcome back to the Animal Health Surveillance Podcast. So today we're going to be talking about quite a topical area of surveillance for this time of year. We're going to be discussing the Control of Worms Sustainably programme, also known as cows. So this programme is dedicated to the sustainable control of internal and external parasites in cattle. And to discuss this we have a special guest joining us today. We have Professor Dana Williams from the University of Liverpool. So Diana is professor of veterinary parasitology, and she's also one of the members on the board of the Cows Program. So hi Diana, um, thanks very much for coming down to speak to us today um, and talk a bit about cows. It's a pleasure. Nice to be here. Um, Brill, So I think uh, if we get started, um, the first thing I just wanted to talk about a little bit was um, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the kind of purpose and the work of the Cows Project.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. So Cows, uh, which is the control of worms sustainably is um, an independent advisory body uh, which provides the most up-to-date advice to farmers, vets, SQPs and Ramas uh, on um, control uh, options for controlling parasitic diseases in cattle specifically. So it's the sort of cattle equivalent of SCOPs. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between cows and SCOPs is that we don't have any... Um, Major pharmaceutical company representation, representatives on cows, uh, whereas there is pharmaceutical representation on on scops, and we feel this gives us more independence. Um, so, so we're not relying on funding, for example, from pharmaceutical companies. it, it is independent advice.
0: So, um, in terms of uh, the kind of importance of the work that you do within kind of control of parasites, what would you say is kind of is sort all of the impact of it? Yeah.
1: So, so on the, the 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 board, the sort of the 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 governing board, if you like, um, there are representatives from a wide range of different bodies. So um, the funding actually comes from the the five UK levy boards. So that's AHDB, AHDB Dairy and AHDB Beef and Lamb, together with Hibokig Cymru, which is the um, Welsh red meat uh, levy board, Quality Meat Scotland, um, which is obviously the Scottish board, and AgriSearch Northern Ireland. Um, So all five bodies contribute to um, funding of cows, uh, and actually the levy boards um, take it in turns to actually chair the meetings. Um, We also have representatives uh, from bodies such as uh, AMTRA um, and um, the Animal Health. Distributors Association, a- HDA. Um, and uh, there are university researchers and other research organisations have representatives on the board. And we also have farmers and vets and uh, the NFU, for example, provide um, a, a, a representative on the board. Um, and also NOAA and VMD um, also are represented on the board. So we, we think we cover a whole range of different interests. And the aim is to, as I said, sort of to provide the latest advice uh, to farmers and vets uh, and, and um, SQPs and Ramas in terms of controlling uh, parasitic diseases in cattle. Um, we have a website, we've actually just updated it. So it's brand new, squeaky clean and beautiful. <laughs> um with pages specifically for vets specifically for farmers um and uh, we have a news page with all our latest press releases we try and write an article an annual uh, um, a, um, a monthly article for over the counter uh specifically aimed at sqps and ramas um we produce press releases which go into all the farming press and the veterinary press um just just trying to uh, give people seasonal advice on on controlling uh, parasites.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you said obviously you've got all of these groups that are sitting on the board, but do you also have any direct feedback that comes from vets or farmers out, you know? Mainly through the farmer and vet representatives
1: um, and through things like NFU, um, also feed-in. Um, so we do we do get feedback uh, and we have a pretty active Twitter page and a Facebook page. So and it's, it's a pretty active um, Twitter uh, account. And so a lot of farmers sign up to particularly farmers sign up to the um, uh, the cows uh, Twitter uh, feed. So, so we can get quite a lot to get good feedback on that as well. Uh, the pages um or the, the the tweets which get the highest number of hits um are actually on a liver fluke for <laughs> <Yeah>. later <laughs> um is obviously a parasite i i work on a lot um so we're quite pleased to see that there's a lot of interest or oh, there's lots of interest in lungworm at the moment as well uh, okay. it's quite
0: topical yeah, yeah 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 so yeah so talking about obviously topical um threats at the moment so you know what would you say are perhaps some of the sort of seasonal parasitic threats at the moment that vets and farmers need to be aware of yeah okay so
1: so we're now just in uh, coming towards mid-april um obviously a lot of cattle farmers will be thinking about turning out stock uh, particularly um the season grazing calves um they'll be going out in the next sort of two three weeks depending on the grass growth There'll also be, you know, any autumn born uh, beef suckler calves will be going out. Um, They may be weaned at this stage, they may be going out uh, as single age groups. Um, And then any spring carving suckler herds, um, they will probably be out at this stage or at least going out fairly shortly um, onto grass. So, really, the seasonal issues uh, that, that People need to think about at this stage will be preventative measures um, as we start to go through the grazing season. So, at this stage, it's all very much about prevention um, where possible with parasitic diseases. So, the things that people will want to be thinking about is controlling parasitic gastroenteritis. Um, it's early to think about liver fluke, but you can never. You, you, you never want to forget liver fluke even though we don't usually see challenge at this time of year but you want to think about liver fluke in terms of preventing disease later in the season and then the third thing I think you need to think about is lungworm mm-hmm. so those are the three um parasitic diseases uh diseases that could could should be at the forefront of people's minds at the moment
0: and so um obviously in terms of um you know, your advice to farmers and vets to kind of dealing with these threats at the moment, what would you say your kind of current advice is for ways to manage at this time of year?
1: So just briefly to start off with liver fluke, um, as I say, liver fluke is an autumn disease, so most challenge occurs in the autumn. But in the spring, um, one of the things that a lot of our research has shown, for example, is if you prevent eggs going onto pasture in the spring, Um, then it can reduce infection in the snail intermediate host. And that reduces the number of infected cysts, the number of metasticaria that come out onto pasture at the end of the summer season. So actually testing animals, uh, cattle at this time of year, if they've not been treated in the autumn um, or or over the winter and if they've been housed, actually doing a faecal egg count or a copper antigen test at this stage before they go out um can tell you whether they're carrying an infection and if they are positive then now's a good time to treat them in order to stop eggs being shed onto pasture later in the it, at this stage which can cause problems later in the season so testing um cattle at this stage is is good practice i would say okay, okay so that's the liver fluke um For lungworm, um, it's not always a popular choice, but vaccinating young stock, uh, first season grazing calves particularly, uh, vaccinating them before they go out is actually a really good way to protect uh, um, first season grazing calves um, against lungworm, which is a very unpredictable disease and it's a very significant disease. So, you know, if you've got infected calves, then that has a major impact on productivity and growth rates in those calves so actually vaccination is really good it's getting a bit late in the season now to vaccinate it's a live vaccine uh, it's quite expensive um and not all farmers want to vaccinate but actually it's, it's a discussion to have with with farmer clients about the value of
0: vaccinating their um, their animals so when would you say is the most appropriate time to be thinking about doing the vaccination then
1: I say it's getting a bit late now I mean ideally think about vaccinating sort of maybe you know think about ordering the the vaccines in February March time and they need to be vaccinated they need two doses of the vaccine four weeks apart two weeks before they go out so if they're going out in May you really need to be thinking about vaccinating Instead of March starting that vaccine in March so it's getting a bit late now but there's probably still time if you can manage turnout times, effectively.
0: Yeah. And then I guess the other, obviously, is the parasitic um, gastroenteritis. gastroenteritis. Yeah. OK, so par- parasitic gastroenteritis.
1: So the main the main worm species that causes PGE in the UK is Ostertagia. So Ostertagia has quite a predictable um, epidemiology. Um, the other two species which can contribute towards um Parasitic gastroenteritis is Cuperia. Um, So Cuperia is probably the commonest species, but we don't think it's a highly pathogenic species, species, whereas Ostotardia is. So with Cuperia, um, it's one of of those worms that run alongside Ostotardia. The problem with with Cuperia is that it's much less susceptible to most of the wormers, the antelmintics, which are used for um which are used to control pge and um, so it's described as the dose limiting species so all the dose rates are set so that they get that they, they, they target um 95 of the cooperia um worm burden and then the third one trichostrongolus is usually controlled together with ototardia and, and cooperia so the traditional way of controlling pge would be to give uh anthelmintics early in the season um, to first-season grazing calves who go out onto contaminated pasture. And the aim of that programme, such as the 3,813 prog- ivermectin programme, or putting in a bolus as calves go out, or treating sort of a, a, a turnout and eight weeks later with something like uh, one of the more recent um, macrocyclic lactones, the aim of that programme is to uh, prevent Those calves becoming infected with the overwintered larvae of Ocetardia, Cuperia and so on, maturing and then shedding eggs out onto pasture in the spring. Um, And then those eggs develop and they um, mature into third stage larvae on the pasture around about mid-July. And it's that challenge on pasture which causes disease. So it's that buildup of the L3s on pasture which causes disease in in usually end of J- July uh, into August. So the aim of the of the worming programs is to prevent the, that buildup build up of larvae on the pasture. So there's heavy use of anthelmintics early in the season. The problem is that increasingly we are starting to see resistance, particularly in Cooperia, but there's also reports in Ostertagia of resistance, particularly to benzimidazoles and the macrocyclic lactams. So giving Um, sort of blanket treatment in the absence of any diagnostics to calves um, we think is probably bad practice it's very easy for farmers to just go out and just treat it's it's sort of you know it's an easy thing to do Uh, it prevents disease but it's storing up a problem for us, I think. Yeah. So, we've just released a press release um, uh, from cows, which is really asking people to think do you need to give that early season treatment, or could you monitor the calves instead, either by measuring daily live weight gain or fecal egg counts? and actually targeting treatment when they actually need it, if they need it. And it very much depends on whether they're going out on contaminated pasture, the level of contamination on that pasture, um, and the need to treat uh, treat those animals. So that's kind of what we're asking people to start thinking about. Maybe rather than just doing this routine early season anti treatment, think about it in a slightly different way. Think about... Monitoring infection using fecal egg counts, think about
0: um, using things like daily live weight gain. Interesting. So, yeah, if you encourage people to use less Antalmintic treatment early in the season, is there anything they perhaps need to be aware of if they do do that? It's one of the
1: things we need to make sure everyone's aware of if we're avoiding using Antalmintics early in the season is that lungworm can still pose a risk. And obviously lungworm is very pathogenic. So if you're um, you, not using anth- anthelmintics routinely, then uh, just make sure that everyone's aware um, that if any calves are coughing, then investigate it because lungworm is highly pathogenic and a dangerous disease. On farms where they know they have a history of lungworm um, or if farms buy in and don't have a good quarantine process or land is directly adjoining uh, other f- cattle farms, uh, those are all risk factors for lungworms. So you might want to take that into consideration when you're thinking about um, reducing your use of antelmintics to control gastrointestinal nematodes. Always keep lungworms uh, at the forefront. of forefront
0: of your mind great that's a really useful um, piece of information to have actually I mean it's so interesting this sort of discussing this I think it really does highlight how important doesn't it um it is for vets and farmers to have that kind of bond and work together absolutely absolutely it has to be teamwork
1: because as I say it's very easy just to just to give just to give calves a dose of worm it, it's kind of the easy option and and the parasite life cycles are complicated. the epidemiology is complicated. Um, the choice of different drugs uh, is is complicated. You know there are combination drug products out there and so on. So actually working together, vet and pharma, and also SQ, SqPs, you know the Ramas, uh, which is this new new qualification, um, actually everyone working together to think, am I giving the right dose of wormer? Do my calves actually? Do my animals actually need to be wormed at this stage? Um, think about diagnostics. It's, there's, it's not always at the forefront of everybody's mind to think about doing diagnostics for gastrointestinal nematodes um, because it's so easy just to give a dose of wormer. Um, you know, it's, it's all these things that we now need to think about and actually having that that partnership between the vet and the farmer, the SQP, Rama. Um, and actually, um, you know, seeking advice from bodies such as um, such as cows, APHA and so on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, to, in terms of thinking about, you know, getting advice or getting extra information for vets and farmers, you know, um, are there places that they can go for, you know, for this advice or more information if they want?
1: Yeah. So there's lots of information on the cows website. Um, we've actually just rewritten all the technical um, manuals. Um they're actually I think although they're technical, but I think they're actually sort of relatively easy to read um there are uh, lots of resources on the cows website and and follow us on Twitter um or Facebook um you know and, and get that's those sort of seasonal updates uh, and keep your eyes on the farming press uh, the veterinary press because yeah we do we do we try and um, come up with uh, news releases every uh certainly seasonally uh and i say ideally every month or so we try and produce some some sort of advice for farmers and pets
0: brilliant well yeah it's great to hear that obviously those resources are there and just to hear you know obviously about this now especially at this time of year when it's something that you know obviously we need to be thinking about people need to think about it yeah exactly exactly Exactly. great brilliant lovely well thank you so much for coming down to speak to us today you're very welcome yes pleasure So thanks very much to Diana for being part of the episode today and for giving us some great topical information about parasite control in cattle. So check out the next episode. Uh, We're going to be moving away from cattle to look at small animal surveillance. And we're very lucky to have Alan Radford, who is one of the founders of the SABSnet Small Animal Surveillance Program, coming in to talk to us. So if you're involved with small animal practice or have an interest in the programme, then don't miss that episode. It's going to be available in two weeks time. If you like the series, please do mention it to your friends and your colleagues. And for any news and updates, follow me on Twitter at The AHS Podcast. And I'd love to hear from you. If there's anything you want me to cover or any topics you think might be interesting, then please do leave me any suggestions either on Twitter or on the website. Thanks so much for listening. See you again next time.